0: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode eight of FPL Hotline. I'm your host Matt Tomo, joined as always by Taz Gash and C Four. What's up, guys? Hey. (laughs) All right. C Four is joining us from his cottage uh, somewhere in the Canadian wilderness. So if his signal cuts out, the
1: wilderness, yeah,
0: he'll be back. We'll we'll figure it out. Um, I I just want to make
1: a note. Thanks for leaving me for last. And introductions, you 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 should save best for last after three weeks. I'm dominating you guys in our personal league. So you guys better pick up the Slack, otherwise FPL hotline is just a bunch of amateurs. Yeah, I was what looking at it. this.
0: Yeah, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> it, it just took 30 seconds to like shit on us real <laughs> <laughs> quick. That's not a scale. <laughs> not episode notes. <laughs>
1: Good thing the season ends. Okay, we just, we can finish. It's the right? episode now. <laughs> I mean, thank God for you. Otherwise, it's relegation, the- right?
0: How about we start the episode first? No, I'm going
1: <laughs> to safe. All
0: right. So uh, let's start off with our takeaways from uh, from game week three. Uh, if you guys want to take turns, just giving me whatever one, two, three takeaways, whatever you got. Taz, I know you had a couple written down.
2: Um, just, Yeah, if you could key takeaways I uh, you know everton obviously still continuing with their strikers uh returning points uh definitely looking like even like a must own for both of them i know werner another thing was for me i own werner captain he's uh, lucky not to score hit the post uh, uh hit the crossbar and his price dropped also but he did score in the game in middle of the game week uh, in the cup match so maybe hopefully if there's around. i uh, also another key takeaway kind of like was after the Games game has happened. I saw a lot of people transferring on Mitrovic, but like I'm still uh, keeping him. He is, you know, taking the most shots in, in the whole league out of strikers. Um, yes, his shot, shot selection isn't the best, but uh, I feel like, you know, at 6 million, he's still on penalties. And it looks like there's uh, so far this season has been double the amount of penalties as last season. So, you know, I'm kind of giving another chance.
0: A lot of people getting rid of him. That's pretty early. I feel like he's yeah.
2: still an option. Definitely.
0: Uh, Gash, what do you, what did you see this week?
3: um i saw a lot of crap uh there were a lot of blanks by you know a lot of players that everyone captained so I, I also captained werner um in the the chelsea play on saturday so then my whole day sunday was spent praying that de Bruyne didn't haul and then my whole day monday was spent praying that Salah didn't haul and thankfully neither of them did either um so it was really more of a defensive game week you know again i have uh, the double uh, liverpool defense so i got a lot of clean sheets and uh you know um bonus points and a goal from rabo there so that was good um and i think taz makes a funny point about mitrovich about all the the shots in the box um i think fulham have the most uh, crosses in the league so far so their game plan really reminds me of that one fifa where you just spam crosses into the box <laughs> yeah. and have like a tall guy to to head, head the ball always um so i'm also not i think that was i think was
0: fifa 14
3: yeah, yeah, I might have been, but I'm also not getting rid of him yet because they don't really seem to have any other ideas than to just lob the ball to Mitrovic, and I think he'll at least uh, – it's not a good game plan for Fulham, but it's a, a good game plan as an uh, FPL player who owns Mitrovic.
0: Yeah, I mean, if he can get – how how many goals would you be happy with at 6.0? I'd say I'd be happy with like 10 or 11 goals from him Yeah, on the year. I think, I, think he, I think he had 11 last time he was in the Prem 2 years Uh C4, what were your takeaways from this week?
1: Uh, I felt pretty good about a couple of things. The first being, like, calling that Chelsea was going to have difficulties early on in the year, and that Warner wasn't exactly uh, a bang-on-nailed premium forward option. And also just seeing how, like, people's wild cards went this week made me feel pretty good about making the decision to sit tight and be patient. The only thing that I was mad about this week, really, was uh, my boy, potence getting injured before i could bring him in so now i'm kind of stuck here stumped on who i should bring in for asm
0: yeah i mean better than being in my situation where i actually did bring potence in and now i don't know what to do with him and (laughs) Um, you played your wild card yeah i was gonna get to that uh my takeaway is that my wild card fucking sucked man (laughs) like (laughs) oh man i'm so frustrated this year already like this is more frustration than i had the last two years combined probably uh, maybe it's because we're doing the podcast, and I'm I'm like really into it. But I was pissed this weekend, bro. <laughs> like nothing worked in my favor. I scraped together some points on the last day of the game week on Monday. Got that that Robertson and Trent returns, but yeah, not a good game week. Not not a good wild card at all. Um, yeah, so let's move on. <laughs> um, so let's move on to Manchester City here. Uh, Gabriel Jesus suffered a injury. Looks like he's going to be out for about a month, maybe more. Um, so let's just talk about what are some of the impacts, uh, on the rest of the squad. Uh, obviously if you have his, it's a big impact mm-hmm. for you, but, uh, I don't think he was too highly owned. So, um, you know, this could mean a lot of different things for, uh, KDB could mean a lot different for Sterling, especially, uh, maybe he takes over some of that goal scoring duties. A lot of people are more excited about Foden. Um, yeah. So Taz, what are you thinking, man?
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, a lot of people are excited also about Mares. He started a striker, you know, but, uh, in the cup game, Sterling was playing up top, so it's kind of like uh, a risk to see who actually starts up top. Uh, in terms of City, you can't really predict uh, what Pep's going to do. I think and now with injuries, I think also Bernardo, Bernardo Silva's injured, so now like, Foden um, is going to get more playing time. Maybe even uh, the new signing, uh, Torres. So, uh, I mean, I currently own KDB. I'm not really looking to bring in any other players. Maybe uh, consider Foden just for his price point and that uh, kind of budget midfielder option. But um, besides that, I'm not really looking at anyone else.
0: I'm telling you guys, Foden's the real deal. That's all I'm saying. Foden's the real deal. Uh, Gash, what do you think, bro?
3: Yeah, um, uh, to try to take a stab at what's going on in Pep's mind, which is really you know a shot in the dark at any time. Um, I, think Ster- I think we're going to see Sterling line out, lining up at Stryker for a majority of the league games, um, while uh, Jesus and Aguero are out. Um, I don't think that necessarily wants me to makes me want to bring him in um, because I would rather have. K- I think KDB is more nailed to get um, those points um, in terms of creating and finishing off the, some of the chances where Sterling won't be really be creating anything. And I don't like him too much as a finisher of, uh, you know, he's not really a a clinical finisher in my mind. He he blows away some easy chances. Mm -hmm. Um, So I am also thinking of, uh, as you guys mentioned, Foden too. He's a player who for 6.5 million, you know, you can't really ask for much more. I mean, it's frustrating to own him because um, if he's not starting, uh, it's an, an annoyance to have him in your starting squad and to spend that money on him. But then when he does start or comes on at like halftime or something and scores or scores or gets a brace and begs an assist, uh, then you know, you're so super excited with that. So it's kind of a case of um, sticking with him through the tough times to get all the the, the good returns he brings, uh, which I think why is why people are still trying to get him in at $6.5 million. Um, You know, we'll see what happens once Bernardo Bernardo Silva. And I think Gundaman is also injured. So we'll see if he continues getting the same number of minutes when they come back.
0: Yeah, I mean, when they come back, I guess it's kind of up in the air. But I think for the foreseeable future for about the next month or so, he should be getting pretty consistent minutes. Mm -hmm. I feel really good about him. I felt good about him uh, all year. What do you guys think about, like, having him and then, like, a 5 or 5.0 option? uh, And then, you know... Like start the 5.0 option and then see if Odin comes in and like kind of rotate them on a basis like that. You think that'd be worth it?
3: Nah, you're trying to beat Pep
0: at his own game, and I think that's just going to end up in more frustration. Mm-hmm. Uh, C
1: four. I know you're pretty high on um, uh, Raheem Sterling. So tell us a little bit about that. Uh, I mean, that was my pick to be the highest scoring FPL player this year, feel pretty good about this, uh, especially. Actually, for a couple of reasons being that I think this, I, I think there was some question if KDB was the only rotation-proof uh, player on City. I think there was any doubt this makes Sterling that much more uh, important to their lineup with all the injuries they have right now. And also in terms of what now how when it's Sterling and KDB, or sorry, Sterling and Foden both in the lineup and Sterling is supposed to be play that, be playing that number nine. The two of them will free roam between each other and that frees up a lot more creativity, which I think is important for someone like Sterling. In terms of bringing Foden into the lineup, I was thinking about this last night and I really don't like it because, personally, one, I think if you have a player at 6.5, I don't think you want them as someone who can be going out of your lineup due to pet rotation, you know, BS. And then the other part of my mind was, do I really want to be spending that much on my fourth midfielder? Because there's a bunch of players I'd rather have, like a Amis Rodriguez at that like 7.5 mark, that are my third midfielder. So to be paying 6.6 now for my fourth, I don't really like that. Especially when I was really thinking last night, like when Obama Ray has good fixtures, how are people going to fit him back into the lineup? I, I won't. I don't have an Arsenal asset. I don't have a Man U asset right now. Now I need to think about spending six point six on my fourth age builder. Uh, I just don't like it in my mind.
0: Wow, we almost lost you a couple of times there, but I think you. Uh, I think I think the signal stayed just enough to hear you out and get all your points in. So good. Hey, that's all that matters, right? <laughs> okay, that one didn't really. Work. <laughs> all right, so uh, let's move on from City to uh, to Wolves. Wolves had a surprising showing last weekend. They lost four 0 Uh, not something a lot of people saw coming. Um, and Potence was not in the squad either. Um, he was scratched with an injury. So, uh, didn't even make the bench. So some worry there. Uh, I brought him in last week. Uh, so I'm upset, but Taz, uh, give us your reactions to Wolves losing 4-0. And, uh, if you have any words on Potence.
2: Well, uh, that kind of, that loss, uh, kind of made me feel a bit better about, uh, not bringing in in right before, uh, the deadline as well as also during after when Warner dropped in price. Um, I mean, I, I never really thought of bringing in potence in. I'm kind of looking elsewhere trying to see how, um, kind of writing out the ASM injury. Uh, not sure when he'll be back, but uh, playing kind of four defenders in the back, uh, they have somewhat good fixtures. So to me, it's not the biggest worry. Uh, it's for some people that brought in potence. Um, besides that, I don't think really, uh, kind of Wolves lost, uh, to. Uh, west ham i mean it's kind of surprising at the same time it's not something to worry about if you a lot of people are still going to transfer in him this, for this upcoming gaming uh he has like really good four fixtures coming up all pretty easy uh with difficulty rating of like two so um yeah i mean to me, to me personally i don't think it's uh, that big of a deal but definitely happy since i don't don't want any uh wills or west ham assets that uh kind of paid out for me well
0: yeah, his, uh, his next four game weeks are Fulham, Leeds, Newcastle, and Palace. Uh, that's for Jimenez. So I did bring him in, but I didn't have him last week. Um, so I think he's still a good option moving forward. I think that was a pretty shocking loss, honestly. West Ham have not been great in the past few years at all. Um, and yeah, I just didn't see that coming. Uh, Gash, what are you thinking, bro? Yeah, so
3: like Taz mentioned, he didn't do is exactly what I did do. I uh, transferred out Werner after Chelsea's game Saturday and brought in Jimenez uh, before Wolves played on Sunday. Um, and then I saw the 4-0 scoreline, and I was like, hmm, well, maybe that wasn't the best choice. But then I thought about it, and I'm actually still glad that I did it. Um, first of all, I beat the the price rise and fall, so I caught the Jimenez price rise and missed the Werner price fall. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about Chelsea later, but I just didn't like the way that Werner Lark looked. Um, and I think Jimenez is, uh, uh, he's scored a couple of goals already and, uh, his fixtures, like you mentioned over the next four games. And then even, um, afterwards he has Leicester in that fifth game. So a pretty tough game. Uh, but then he has Southampton in the sixth game who have, uh, chipped off like a decent number of goals to, um, teams like Spurs with Sun running in behind the, the high defensive line. And I can see Adama Traore or someone having a field day with that Southampton backline. So um, I think the game was a fluke against West Ham. I'm hoping the game was a fluke uh, because I now have Mendes in my team. Um, but I think they'll, you know, bounce back. And if if it continues another week or two, is when you start to to worry about the uh, to Wolves as a whole.
0: Yeah, it's got to be a fluke. At least that's what I'm thinking right now. Uh, they were pretty consistently very good most of last season. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm expecting this to just be a little bump in the road. Um, <clears throat> C4? Don't worry
1: about it. Yeah, I'm still with you guys. So <laughs> I don't know. You about, looked a little <laughs> fuzzy there for a second. <laughs> uh, just on Wolves, don't worry about it. Most top teams have one weird game of season where you go, what the fuck was that? That was their what the fuck was that game. I mean, it'd be easy to panic over, you know, they've lost Doherty, they've lost Jota, Like, it'd be easy to be a little worried, but just don't. Wolves are a good team with good depth. The only thing I'm looking out for is I really really want opponents in before Wolves have their great run of fixtures. I just don't know if it's worth using a risk transfer on him before he's to be back. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I have opponents. I'm a little scared, though, moving forward. Um, there were some rumors, not very concrete though, that they were looking into Douglas Costa. Um, I don't really see that happening, but just the fact that they're looking into uh, other attacking options makes me worry a little bit for the future of potence in that squad. Um, you know, Some people thought it was just a flash in the pan start. Maybe maybe that's, that is what it was. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, especially with this injury, it's gonna be tough if he's injured for a couple more weeks and they do bring somebody in, you know, that's, that's probably it for opponents as as far as FPL uh, relevance goes for this year. So something to keep an eye on for sure. Um, Like I said, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen, but that means they're looking. So we'll see something develops over these next uh, five days. I think we got five days till the transfer deadline, right? Uh, Maybe four by the time you guys are listening, but yeah. Um, So let's move on from Wolves to Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea had an, awful start uh losing three nil within 25 minutes 30 minutes i don't remember exactly mm. uh, but i know we were all excited uh gash you put out that message you said uh i don't even give a fuck <laughs> that i captained warner this is awesome uh so that was cool yeah i felt the same way uh love seeing chelsea uh shit the bed a little bit but in the second half they came back and um but they did it without their main <clears throat> fpl assets um <clears throat> so like how are you guys feeling about Chelsea assets? I sold off Werner this week. I'm kind of done with them for a while, at least until Pulisic comes back. That's what I'm thinking. I think he's the guy who really makes that midfield tick. But um, let's go with Taz. What are you thinking, bro? Uh,
2: so, yeah, I'm, I think I'm, I still have uh, Werner on my team right now, but he's on the chopping block. I think I'm going to transfer him out this week. Uh, still debating who exactly bring in for him. Uh, you know, Ings, uh, Jimenez are good options or uh, one of the Everton's strikers <laughs> of uh, Richardson or. Are- Cover lewin so uh, yeah, no, uh, they looked. Uh, you no, know, Werner was unlucky to hit the crossbar, but uh, you know, I, he still has pretty decent underlying stats, and you know, finally scored in the cup game. So maybe he'll, you know, that kind of breaks the seal, and he'll score more in the league. But I just think uh, at this point, it's uh, I kind of give it enough time. It's when I see other other people. So-
0: Sorry, the Yankees just uh, hit a grand slam. Uh, freaking out a little bit here. But, um. Oh, cool! Is this, this the FBL baseball hotline? Now, Dude, or? it's so hard for me to be recording with the playoff <laughs> game at the same time. I have no idea. <laughs> Holy shit! They're down four-one. Now it's five-four. All right. Um. So let's keep talking about Chelsea. Uh, Gash, what are your thoughts?
3: Yeah. Um. I think I have a theory on why Werner is not doing too well. Um. I think he's going to struggle until Chelsea can uh, shore up their defense at least somewhat. I think um, Chelsea are going to keep leaking goals, and sometimes it's going to be at the start of a game. You know, like they'll be down one 0 or two nil or something, and another team is just going to be content with sitting back and playing a deep defensive line. And Werner doesn't really shine against teams like that. He does best against like uh, um, teams he can play like a high line that he can run in behind against. So I'm uh, the reason why I sold him was firstly because of that, and secondly because I would want to wait until. By the way, we just lost C four. If you're if, not, <laughs> if you're watching this on a podcast, this little video just dropped off. Um, b- but I'd want to wait until either uh, like either one at least one of Kulisic and Ziyech come back to start providing him with service. Um, the other thing is when Chelsea were chasing the game against West Brom, Werner was not you know playing as like the the striker up top. He was dropping pretty deep and like he picked up balls from like the the defense at at some points which you just would not expect from a 9.5 million striker option, but he should be right up there next to goal. Um, the one thing I will say about Chelsea is that if they can tie up that defense and stop uh, giving away goals, um, Reese James might be a very viable uh, asset. He gets, uh, he gets forward a lot and does create a decent number of chances, but at this point you're not really going to get the clean sheet um,
0: points from him.
3: So if he can start adding those to his game, then I think he's uh, one to keep your eye on.
0: Yeah, I like him a lot, um, but as long as they're giving up three goals and a half to West Brom, I'm not uh, feeling comfortable with a Chelsea defensive yeah, asset. Not at all. But um, uh, let me see. I think we got C4 back. We got C4 back without video, uh, so that's fine. C4, uh, you didn't return. You there, bro? Can you hear us? All right, so maybe not. Maybe we didn't get C4 back. Um, <laughs> uh. Should I, should I do a C4 impression and talk about Chelsea? <laughs>
3: oh, I think Chelsea are going to have a very high season.
0: <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, let's uh, – I guess we'll just skip them. Uh, we talked about Chelsea enough. Let's move on. Um, hopefully, hopefully he joins us. I, like, I don't know what, what's good with this. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna remove him from the stream, let him rejoin back again. Maybe that's the problem. Um so let's move on from Chelsea to Manchester United. Uh, the return of Bruno Fernandez this weekend and an update on Manchester United. Uh Taz, you mind if we start with Gash on this one? He looks a little excited. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! So uh, great,
3: great United. Well, it was I almost had a heart attack during the game, but afterwards I was happy with the three points. Um It was a tough game. You know, Brighton is actually one of the teams where you think they're going to roll over, but they'll always, uh, at least recently, um, come at you and play their own uh, style. They're not really going to sit back. They're a team that likes to get their uh, outside fullbacks forward um, and and create a lot of chances. And they did create a lot of chances and were actually very unlucky. They hit the the woodwork something like five times. So it was not a a game of, you know, oh, United, uh, Brighton only got two shots on target and scored two goals. Uh, th- if anything that was united in that game who did not really create too much um and scored a couple of goals and then uh the return of uh bruno fernandez is the, is the correct <laughs> correct pronunciation if i may say so fernandez. um but yeah just a very a very late uh, last gasp winner um so i, I would say you know, off the back of that and off the back of their uh crystal palace game um that it's still not really time to bring in the united assets um they have a tough next uh five or so fixtures, um, facing some hard teams in there. Um, at this point, Martial isn't is really isn't really looking like he's getting too much service. Um, if, if anything, Bruno might, might be the one to bring in because of the increase in penalties um, and him being the number one taker. And, you know, he got an assist to Rashford as well, um, but a very nice pass. So he, he would be the one, I think, to um, uh, who's going to be finishing uh, some of those penalties off and also just creating a lot of the chances for the rest of the team.
0: Yeah, uh, upcoming fixtures not not awful, uh, but with their current form, definitely a little worrying. Uh, but if they can pick it back up to where they were at the end of the year, it's not too bad. Uh, next uh, next few fixtures are Spurs, Newcastle, Chelsea, Arsenal, Everton. That's definitely tough. But if they're yeah. playing like they were, if they're playing like they were post restart, that shouldn't be like awful for them. Um, yeah, we'll see yeah. them come back. Yeah, good point about Bruno, um, but they did say that they were going to uh, be a little tougher on the the, the penalties this weekend, right? They, the Premier League came out and said that they were going to watch out for that a little more. They, they talked to the referees about it, so I don't know if we're going to see a difference that quickly, but this last weekend was ridiculous. The, the first yeah, so weeks, the first so three weeks I have think, been ridiculous.
3: Mean, you mean like more lenient, right? In terms of like the handball stuff, they're not going to, I think the will Yeah, yeah, they're like no call calling less, right, right. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, that they they put that out in a statement yesterday or two days ago, I believe. So I feel like maybe for this week the refs will be like really uh you know like keeping that in mind. Yeah, like overcompensating for that. Um but you know that's just one game week. Uh we'll see if things change with that because it's been ridiculous so far. Uh definitely increasing the value of all the penalty takers. Uh C4, welcome back, buddy.
1: Sorry, I was <laughs> you want to go next by a bear. Am I good now? Yeah, you're good. <laughs> you look as good as ever. Uh, oh, fuck you too. Uh, <laughs> we were about Chelsea, when we left, I guess we're talking about uh, United now, right? Uh, we are. Yeah, you I missed, mean, you missed all, your Chelsea team. Of, yeah, Chelsea. Gash did a killer impression though. Uh, an, uh, of me? Oh, that's that's so. Yeah, nice. yeah. You will probably you'll like, the <laughs> oh, I'm so smart."
2: Uh, yes, yeah, like just Chelsea like United
1: are. Still, another team that I wouldn't buy asset on. Only asset I would buy out of the two teams going forward is when pool is back, and that'd be upgrade on Hummus and not a detraction from a City or a Liverpool midfield asset. Mm-hmm. Shorten uh, Taz. Sweet.
2: Taz, where's your head at? Um, so, I mean, only Bruno um, definitely would keep him. Bringing in, Gash uh, yeah, said the next kind of five fixtures are somewhat difficult, but you know. I feel like if Man United, I think they should pick it up. And I, I, I believe, like, you know, kind of can expect, like, returns almost like every other game at least. That's, like, a bare minimum. I currently own Rashford. I brought him in uh, for Son back in, like, uh, two game weeks. I uh, missed the haul from Son. But, uh, uh, you know, Rashford, they return a goal uh, last game. Uh, I'm still going to keep him. He's just going to stay on my team for these next upcoming nine fixtures. I know I'll be happy if he returns... Uh, and over the next five, nine fixtures, he returns like at least like five attacking returns. So, uh, my head's at no, they did say the penalties are gonna be, they're gonna be more lenient with them, but I still believe you no, know, only penalty like uh, takers is key for right now, at least with the amount of penalties are being <laughs> yeah. given. So, uh, I, I, besides, uh, you know, if, if right now, um, some this possible son injury, I'll maybe if you had the extra 5.5 uh, 5 million, I'll bring in Rashford. Um, otherwise, I think Bruno's the way to go and Marshall's, uh, and uh, Green would kind of like stay away right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, let's move on uh, from one United to the other. Let's talk about the state of Sheffield United. Pretty poor uh, so far this season. Um, they are 0-3, right? All three losses. Only pull up their uh, stats here. They don't have a single player, a single outfield player with more than five FPL points this year. Their highest scoring FPL player is their goalkeeper, Ramsdale, with seven. Uh, Through three game weeks. So if you have a Sheffield United player on your team, might be a good time to uh, get rid of them because things are not looking good in Sheffield.
2: Uh, Taz, you want to start us off? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think anyone will own uh, attacking Sheffield player, especially not now since they have yet to score a goal in the first three game weeks. But um, I think some
0: people had Lundstrom. Though I think there was like twenty percent, maybe had Lundstrom, maybe a little less. Yeah, I think like I child. think they just saw
3: the number of points he scored last season and they didn't realize that he was like reclassing yeah. class midfielder. Yeah.
0: anything. it must have been uh, some like beginner players, you know.
2: Yeah, um, but also, uh, you know, as some. Uh, we believe, like, you know some of their defensive assets would have been good, but you know, not having a, I feel like having a new goalkeeper definitely uh, changed too much. And also, uh, you know, they weren't like they faced some teams that they should have kept clean sheets against. And now, like, I would definitely stay away from all of them. All their any Sheffield player? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gash.
3: Yeah. Uh, let me let me pat myself on the back and say at the start of the season that I was not very keen on owning Ramsdale. Um, he looked to me a worse keeper. Um, than Henderson had been, so I thought the defense was going to drop off, and it it has. I mean, you know, maybe they were unlucky to have a, a red card against Villa. Um, not unlucky in terms of the red card itself, but unlucky in terms of playing with one. Um, so just a little bit of something there to keep in mind. Um, but their next four, their ne- they're of their next five fixtures, um, four of them are Arsenal away, Liverpool away, City at home, and Chelsea away. So I would say this, yeah, this might be a good time to start, you know, thinking about getting rid of some Sheffield assets. And if they start somehow pull off a couple of clean sheets here or, you know, one player starts returning, um, which I don't think any of one of their attackers will, then maybe like, you know, if you're planning on wild carding later around like game week 10 or something, you can bring someone back in, but I would not back them over the next five or so game
0: weeks at least. Honestly, I think if you still have a Sheffield asset at this point, it's time to start thinking about packing it up and just just quitting for the year. Uh, you should not have yeah. any of these guys. and will probably help my play.
3: overall rank. So, <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: one player I do want to mention, though, if they do get Ryan Brewster on that on that loan, he would be the only one that I would consider. But it's not even like a, It's not even close to a, a. Here we go. That he's going there or anything. So, that's all. Uh, C four.
1: I mean, yeah, I would just say it's tough to expect any. Sheffield FPL has to do well considering their goalie plays for them and Bournemouth. Like that's a very tough gig. (laughs) If you guys don't know, that's a little uh, shout out to
0: uh, one of our guests who uh, didn't realize Bournemouth were relegated, (laughs) but uh, yeah. (laughs) Anything else? Nope. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So uh, let's move on to the big Monday night football match from this week. Liverpool and Arsenal. A uh, tough result for for me and Taz to uh, to take there, um, but any main takeaways from the game? Uh, and uh, let's talk about the debut of Di- uh, Diogo Jota or Jota It's Jota, right? Fuck, I, I was like two in my own yeah, head. Sure. Like I had it, I had it before I pronounced it, and then I just messed it up. So Taz, what are your uh, takeaways from the match?
2: Uh, I was just sad because I lost a bet. Uh, but uh, besides that, uh, I mean Arsenal. Liverpool look like the, you know, title-winning team they were last season. You know, Arsenal, I feel like, had bright chances at some points. Uh, but in terms of assets, you no, uh I don't have the Liverpool uh, double-up of defense, so I was really happy with that goal. It would definitely uh, help you my overall rank more than uh, it Herbie me, uh, owning Trent and not getting those uh, points. Um, another big thing I saw is that, you know, for Liverpool, it's, uh, you know, Mane and Salah kind of take turns being like, like Kind of hauling these some of these games, but you know, almost every game it feels like the, their, the back line of uh Trent and uh Robertson are always involved in goals, so you know, kind of uh, you know, for people who did double up on them, are are you know holding points from the Robo goal and the Trent assist, so it's kind of like if I feel like uh, one thing I was gonna say about this is that if you are wild carding right now, I would definitely consider uh, the double up on them.
0: Yeah, I actually got a little bit worried about the Liverpool double up when I was doing my wild card. I considered like dropping one of them down to Castagne or something, but thank God I didn't because uh, that Liverpool double up is sweet. Gash, you got some more for us?
3: Yeah, uh, I just I gave the two thumbs up for everyone listening on uh, the podcast uh, that I couldn't see uh, because when Taz mentioned the Liverpool double up, um, I think this game highlights exactly what that gets you. So even when they're playing a team like Arsenal, um, who you would think is, uh, you know, who is a tough match, they still have the potential when the, the clean sheet gets wiped to uh, have attacking returns um, because so often, you know, you see either one of them or both of them at the same time bombing down the line and whipping a ball in or even like Robertson got on the end of the uh, the pass from Trent, which was really funny to see and and great because he got me those points. Um, I think the uh, – in terms of Jota, um, he's only one to keep an eye on if Man- Mane or Salah get a long-term injury. Um, mm-hmm. I could see him being used as a Firmino replacement too and Klopp switching it up a little, but I think Minamino is more of the Firmino um, replacement and Jota is for you know, uh, Salah or Mane in one of the wings. So if, those, if one of those two get hurt for... I would say more than three weeks or more than a month, then it might be worth bringing in uh, for that short amount of time, t- just as a, a starter in that Liverpool attack.
0: You still think uh, it's Minamino over him for the, for the Bobby backup?
3: Yeah, I think that I think so. I think that's what Klopp's been trying to do, and that's uh, that the, the way their rotation
0: works there. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see how they use Jota, but I feel like with his experience, he has a chance to uh, earn a bit more minutes there. And he did look good. He scored the goal. Um and good point about Robertson, too. Uh, he made the mistake early on leading to the Arsenal goal, but he made up for it with a goal of his own. Uh, C4, any big takeaways from the match?
1: Uh, still high on Robertson, still low on Arsenal, same old Arsenal. But I, I wouldn't read too much into Jota. I think, like Gash said, he just would be a rotational player for if there's an injury or if it's a matchup right before a Champions League game or something.
0: Yeah, uh, he's at 6.3, so not awful, but uh, not something worth keeping on. You might as well go floating then. Um, Let's move on uh, again to Everton. Uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin continued his hot streak yet again midweek. Uh, He just scored a hat trick today in the Carabao Cup. Um, Unreal what this guy has been doing so far this season. Um, You know, his underlying stats, like, show a little bit cause for concern. Right. Isn't that what we were talking about last week? Like we weren't super high on him, but like, he just keeps scoring. Like there's, there's nothing else to say besides he just keeps scoring. So let's talk about some DCL. And let's also mention that Allen and Richarlison picked up some injuries. Uh, Not sure yet how serious those are. uh, If there's any doubt for Richarlison this weekend. I don't know if you guys have heard anything yet. Uh, Maybe you can inform us, but uh, Taz, get us started here.
2: Yeah, no, uh, you know, Kevin Lewin keeping up his hot streak definitely uh, is kind of like why I'm considering bring him in uh, for Werner this uh for th- this upcoming game week. Uh, it, you know it kind of uh, shows you know he was kind of cold towards the end of last season, but then bringing in Allen and uh, James definitely helped out the midfield be more creative and uh, solidify like their possession more for everything. So I think he's kind of like every Richardson uh, has been unlucky. I think he has more shots and more like touches in the penalty box than uh, um Kind of Lewin does, so kind of like you know, unfortunate not to score as many goals as he does. But you know, he kind of just uh, fits that uh, Everton uh, team right now and just kind of like tapping in those goals. You know, kind of like a poacher. Yeah, big time poacher. Uh, Gash.
3: Yeah, I think I made the point last week um, on the podcast, or maybe it was two weeks ago. But I, I think one thing people are forgetting is that a player like DCL isn't going to have, you know, the the numbers of touches in the box or necessarily even shots in the box that like a Richarlison or some of these other players are going to have because he's really like a, a, a somewhat of a poacher, but also just like a one-time finisher type player. So I know ancelotti has been saying that DCL has been working on his, his one-touch finishing specifically. So I'm not really too surprised by him getting into uh, really good positions um, you know, either out leaping the defender or just kind of knowing where to be within in the within in the twelve yard uh, within the penalty spot to the goal or within the six yard box. Um, in terms of the injury to um, to to injuries to Richarlison and Alan, um, I think DCL can continue producing without Richarlison. For me, at least, it seems like his link up with Hamas is the most important um, to to his uh, to his goal scoring streak so far. I think a lot of the injury to him might actually be something to, to watch out for because he's kind of been uh, pretty pivotal and pretty quiet in that Everton midfield because he's not one of the, the big players that's, you know, scoring all the goals or creating all the chances. So there's a potential for a drop off there, like, you know, almost like a, a Leicester side uh, when they were back a few years ago, like losing Conte um, before he was really well known. You know, it's kind of like the little engine in the midfield of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then back on DCL, yeah, I just have to keep thinking about uh, every time I, I – like uh, you can't keep scoring, you can't keep scoring. But that's one of the, the traps of FPL is to get stuck in a, a thought like that and never being able to change your mind and then losing out on all those points. So he, he really reminds me of uh, like uh, uh, Nikita Jelovic that used to play for Everton who scored something like uh, – I think he scored 20-something goals in a row with one touch. Um, so I, I could see DCL going on maybe not as long of a run as that, but something similar.
0: That's absurd. I've never heard that. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
3: I I think it was the beginning of around the beginning of the 2010s that he played for Everton.
0: Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Allen being Allen being out is a a big deal. I've rated him for a while. He definitely makes that midfield tick. Uh, They're going to be missing him. Do you think that increases the value of Hummus moving forward these next few weeks? Do you think they'll slide him back a little bit more into a more number eight role like they were talking about? Or do you think he'll stay forward and keep uh, getting those attacking returns for us? I think he'll. I think he'll stay
3: forward. Keep cutting inside off the right wing. I think Ancelotti really, really wants him to play there, so he's not going to sacrifice that. And he's going to realize that James, Why? You, Why try to fix something that isn't broken? Uh, mm-hmm. Just try to maybe slide someone into a spot and then keep James where he's been doing so well. Uh, C four. Uh,
1: sorry. Everton plays Liverpool in two weeks. Um, yes, so- it's yeah. not this okay. upcoming week. Sure. It, enjoy your Everton FPL assets until then that, that's Wait, my like, take right. It's like, a hot streak like, it'll, and then, then it'll, it'll it'll be over
0: break. like even after I, that I it's think, done
1: I, I think after that that's when it's like come back down to earth you won't see this continue hot streak, and you won't see people continue talking about like everton double or triple up i think after that most people would be satisfied with either one of Calvert-Lewin or James and then this whole Everton hot streak gets put to bed. Mm. I mean, Mm. after Liverpool, they got Southampton, Newcastle,
0: United, um, Man United, Fulham, and Leeds. uh, So... You Know that's not like an awful stretch. Hey, uh,
1: New, Newcastle can fuck a team up, so don't disrespect my boys like that. Uh, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got some.
3: All right, everyone, warning at home do not listen, listen to his advice. <laughs> he's just on here as entertainment.
1: I mean, he's the highest
0: scorer in one out of the four.
1: Right? Yeah, I was just about to I say. So. A <laughs> <laughs> um, I was crazy yeah, using my we triple captain. That shows FPL
3: has luck in it, right?
0: Yep. Do we have a timetable on the injuries to Richarlison and Allen? Have you guys heard me? Oh, I don't believe uh, so.
3: As of recording uh, Wednesday night, um, I think the latest that was said was Ventral, he said they would be checked out Thursday morning
0: by the medical staff. So I didn't watch the match where they both playing and both had to leave with injuries or what was the deal? Now?
3: Yeah, I think Richarlison tweaked his ankle um, and I think a lot of something with his abductor or something. Okay.
0: Yeah. I don't even know what an abductor is. So it sounds serious.
3: Um, <laughs> no, I, I, the way he was speaking, it wasn't too, too bad for either of them, at least preliminarily. So we'll see okay. what, what they
0: can kind of figure out tomorrow morning. All right. Sweet. Um, so that about does it for that. Uh, that's all the main topics of the show. So uh, let's move into the game week four captain picks. Um, Taz, who you got this week?
2: So uh, I'm kind of between uh, Salah, I think I'm going to go with Salah. KDB is kind of enticing pick also, uh, playing Leeds. And Salah playing Aston Villa. Uh, Villa have, what, I think they kept already two clean sheets uh, out of their first two games. They had the blank game in one, I believe. Um, so yeah. but I think they were just going to walk all over them. So, but if I didn't have, um, if I had Ings or Hemnes, I will consider those two players also a lot of, uh, Hemnes uh, especially playing uh, a Fulham team that kind of just at home, which kind of look uh, – uh, they give they gave away three goals in their last game last week. And then uh, Southampton playing West Brom, who also shipped away three goals. So it's kind of uh, – I think that well, I'm going to go with Salah, but if I did have Ings or Hemnes, those would be in my consideration. Gash? Yeah, I have
3: Hemnes, and I'm not really considering captaining him just because of the fact that he's more of a consistent goal scorer than someone with, like, a huge haul potential in any given game week. Um, Between – of the players that I have that I'm considering captaining, I think it's really between De Bruyne and Salah. Um, I'm kind of leaning towards De Bruyne for now because the way Leeds like to play is a very open style. Um, So I think he'll have a lot of space um, in in the middle of the field. Um, And if Bielsa tries to pack that middle of the park, I think De Bruyne is one of the players where – you're gonna need some luck on your side, along with all the skill of you and you know defensive setup to stop him. So I think if players, um, if he does get like you know um, man marked or something like that, I think that'll free up more space
0: for
3: Mahrez oh. or or whoever.
0: Would you say more space for Mahrez? You froze a little bit.
3: Oh yeah, sorry. More space for him to play passes in behind for Sterling or Mahrez. Okay. So okay. I, I think at this point I'm leaning De Bruyne, but I wouldn't be surprised if I'd Captain Salah.
0: Uh, C four.
1: Yeah, to me, it's either Salah or Sterling. I'm purely going Sterling just because I think Leeds are a worse team defensively than Aston Villa this season. Mm-hmm. If I were you, I would go Sterling. I think I think Sterling's a good option for this week. But um, just so watch that... Che Adams against West Brom is going to do some crazy shit, and we're all going to be. I also,
0: I still have him. I'm still. I, I, I yeah. think
1: <laughs> I'm betting on him to score this game week.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm still waiting. I might have to sign up for that betting website and take that bet. Um, but, yeah, so, like I said, I, I expect a better week from Sterling than De Bruyne, and I have De Bruyne and Salah. So, because of that, I'm going to go with Salah uh, against Aston Villa. Uh, he hasn't uh, – let me see. Yeah, the first week he had 20 points, and then the last two weeks, three and five. So, I just think he's due. Uh, I know there's not much science behind that, but uh, – you know, yeah. is there really that much science you can put behind a captain pick anyway, right?
1: I feel like most of the time it's like a gut thing. Uh, yep. There's, you can collect as much information as you want, but it's still going to be luck at the end of the day. Yeah, so. You know which science, player will behind, return.
3: Mm-hmm. The science behind a captain pick
0: is how many drinks you have on a Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I think right now I'm going to go with Salah um, unless I hear anything different coming from Man City um yeah and uh lastly we have any final thoughts gash i know we skipped you a little earlier there was something you wanted to say Someone oh say it. yes
3: yes 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 <laughs> i shouldn't ladies have. ladies and gentlemen <laughs> we are waiting for Jaden sancho will hopefully be joining manchester united in the next five or so uh days with before the transfer deadline on monday um i think if he doesn't join It was the fault of uh, either Woodward or the Glazer family not wanting to stump up the cash because apparently bidding 115 million euros is massively different than bidding 120 million euros and there's there's 5 million euros of savings there. Um, The other thing I want to say, kind of on a different note, is um, I I would really encourage anyone uh, anyone and everyone to save their wild cards for as long as possible. Sorry, Tomo. Um, no, I agree. The, that's a. That's a that's because great of the advice. That's yeah,
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think because of the nature of the season, with how um, COVID is, and how how players seem to um, contract it at a much much higher rate during the last international break, uh, right before the season started. Um, so we have this current international break coming up, um, and I think that you know, of course, it's like an exponential thing where if one player catches it, it's so much more likely for the rest of the players on that team to catch it. So I think it's going to be really useful in terms of planning around any unexpected emergencies like that.
0: Uh, yeah, we we uh, got news yesterday that Thiago from Liverpool uh, tested positive, um, but no news yet for any Liv- other Liverpool players. Something to keep an eye on and keep an eye on some Arsenal players as well because they did just play at the weekend. Um, so yeah, but nothing nothing so far yet. I feel like we would have heard about it uh, if if there was a big outbreak yeah. at this point. But you know, this is a weird disease, so maybe not. I don't I don't really know. Um, Anything else, Taz, C4? Uh, uh, no, not really. I just want to say uh, I believe in Phil Foden. Um, big time. That's, that's going to be my closing thoughts right there is bring Foden in. Um, all right. So that about does it for episode eight of FPL Hotline. As always, make sure you're following us on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you know, I always say that we have daily FPL content, but we've been slacking a little bit this week. Sorry about that. Uh, we're, we're going to get our shit together and we'll uh, do some good stuff on there for you guys. Um, oh, let's check the mini league standings real quick. I just want to shout out whoever's in like the top three places. Um, uh, give me one second here. All right. So uh, in first place, we got Nick H second place, Stefan Soli, and third place C4. So well done C4. Ew. <laughs> Um, and, just, and just for fun, uh, let's see where the rest of us are. I feel uh, like you should shout out 35th place, like, just off the top of my head. <laughs> And in 35th place, Gashchester United. <laughs> yeah, it's pronounced, it's pronounced Gashester. <laughs> <laughs> and two points above that in 33rd place, we got FC Tomo. And where's Taz's dad? We don't have to discuss that. <laughs> where, where are you, bro? you need another We're monitor? Bro, <laughs> Taz, <laughs> you're, not even, you're not even on the first page. I have to load the
2: second page. Know. <laughs> you know, He's our league is so big. I think it's so big that, you know... A lot of Taz. Really.
0: Taz you are in fifty-second place out of seventy-three oh. teams. All right, all right. Taz,
3: maybe like... next year.
0: Maybe next year. Dude. <laughs> yeah, time to wrap it up, Taz. Taz you know
3: we're in Taz. You know we're in a draft fantasy league too. You should probably just focus on that this season, dude. <laughs> I, actually, I, right? check, I haven't checked that draft league since we
0: drafted. Did oh you pay Taz God. the money? Uh, yeah. Taz, did I? Oh my god! Don't worry about it. Oh, I'm an eight out of eight. (laughs) Wow, what a surprise! Oh man! All Uh, right, so I guess I just found out I have a draft team to take care of now. (laughs) um... I wish
3: you didn't say anything if you paid him.
0: (laughs) That would not have touched (laughs) (laughs) it. I totally forgot we did that. Oh my god! Oh, um, yeah. So follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us on YouTube or subscribe to us on YouTube. And um, if you have any questions, call the hotline and maybe we'll play your voicemail. I don't wanting to do that for eight episodes now. I really just want to play somebody's voicemail on the show. So please, somebody call and say something interesting <laughs> and, we will, and we will play your message. Um, otherwise, just leave us a question in the replies or DM us, whatever. We got you. If you need any last minute advice, hit us up. We'll try to get back to you. And uh, good luck to everybody this game week. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Later, guys.
1: Peace.